God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And we're starting to find out that we were right all along with the Wuhan origin and the man-made virus. All these things are really coming out now that are vindicating us, vindicating Donald Trump. There's so much information now that's coming out that says, you know, One America News Red State Talk Radio, Scott Adams Show, we were all on the right page. Yet, you know, Facebook banned me for trying to suggest that COVID was a man-made virus, potentially could have been a bioweapon. And now, Facebook has made the announcement that they will allow you to suggest that COVID came from man, which is kind of interesting because I got banned from it. You know, it's it's one thing to do fact-checking, which fact-checking is just as bad as disinformation. It's one thing to do, and it's as... And by the way, fact-checking is disinformation, and it's disingenuous too, because... You think that all you got to do, you don't have to write an opinion. You don't have to be an analyst. You don't have to do anything special. All you got to do is check the facts. That's supposed to be ones and zeros. That's not supposed to be emotional. That's not supposed to be ideological. That's supposed to be just ones and zeros. Balls and strikes, call them as you see them. That's what fact-checking means. And the same thing is true with polls. We expect our pollsters to be fair and balanced. We're finding out that Frank Luntz had his hands in the Wuhan cookie jar and was going to spread disinformation about Wuhan and about the origins of the virus and tell us what people think, tell us what we should think, tell us what 
you know, that we're in the minority if we think that it came from Wuhan. That somehow we got to screw loose. That we need to get our head on right and do better research. Because his facts, you know, what is Frank Luntz coming off? Frank Luntz is coming off like a scientist, right? Trust the science. Frank Luntz is coming off like a fact checker. I don't have an opinion on this. This is what the people said. Of course, he handpicked every one of the zombies that sat in the room and turned the dial and made an opinion that shaped a policy. You know, it's a joke. We can see right through it. We see right through it. We see the corporates, uh, American corporations that we built here in America, the corporations we built in America are the enemy of the people. That the mainstream media that we built after we lauded people like Walter Cronkite or Dan Rather or Peter Jennings or Tom Brokaw and all these other newsmen and we gave them credibility and we gave them respect and we gave them honor and we gave them wealth. We, the American people, trusted them and with that trust came their prosperity. And what did they do in return? Did they say thank you? Were they expressing a heart filled with gratitude? No. They were actually spitting in our eye, spitting on our face, lying to us. Did they do it on purpose? I don't know. Sometimes ideology gets the best of our better thinking. Maybe they didn't know what they do. The professors are the same thing. You know, we send our kids off to college. Who could we trust? Do we trust our universities anymore? No. And in fact, they're lowering their prices. There's so many universities and there's so much disrespect now in all the institutions that we once respected. You know, Victor Davis Hanson, one of my favorite thinkers, he and Thomas Sowell have got to be my top two favorite intellectuals. But Victor Davis Hanson was talking about the things we used to trust in our country that we no longer can. And it's sad, too, because we have a reason not to trust the mainstream media. Because they've been demonstratively wrong. There was just this news report that came out about New York Times putting out maps of the West Bank and Gaza Strip. Turns out that there were maps that were completely and utterly false in terms of how much land mass Israel has and you know how victimized Palestinians are. These maps that they're using to tell their story are so misleading. They're actually so wrong that they're flat out lies. So all the news that fits the print, you know, used to be the New York Times and the Washington Post, you know, meant something. If it's in there, it's got to be right. If it's in Reuters or Associated Press, it's got to be right. We found out last month 
that the Associated Press was sharing space with Gaza, uh, Hamas in a building in Tel Aviv. And they were shooting rockets from within Israel. Maybe it wasn't Tel Aviv, but it was in Israel. And when they, Hamas would get bombed, Associated Press would say, you're bombing the press. Well, yeah, the press. It's in bed with the terrorists. And like I was saying all this week, you know, it's the Democrat Party that endorsed the Weather Underground. The Weather Underground run by Bill Ayers, Barack Obama's best buddy, right? And and Northwestern University. I mean, you could just look to the West Weather Underground as ground zero for liberalism with Bill Ayers at the top and his protege, Barack Obama, running our country into the ground. And yeah, I say it almost pre, uh, contemporaneously because who's really running the country right now? It's not Joe Biden. If you think it's Joe Biden, you've got to screw loose. It's the Atlantic Council. It's the CIA. It's the NSC. It's the State Department ambassadors. It's the collusion with institutions and think tanks like the Brookings Institution and the Lawfare Group and all these liberal, overeducated, liberal, latte-drinking, inside-the-beltway fixers. You know, they were the ones that were behind the Russian hoax that basically borrowed the playbook from the Watergate uh, false flag wasn't really a false flag. It was a real flag. But the blame was falsely redirected or misdirected. And too bad Nixon wasn't half as smart as Donald Trump. Or at least you could say that Donald Trump learned from Richard Nixon not to get, his, not to get involved. And you hear that all the time. Just in the last interview that Donald Trump gave with Steve Cortez that I played on this air uh, two days ago. He said, I choose not to get involved. He was talking about the Arizona audit. But that's the best way to do it. Just if it's there, if it's to be, you know, one person's not going to be able to change or manipulate. In fact, if you get caught with your hands in the cookie jar, you're going to taint and discredit the entire process. Trump is smart enough to know those things. Don't get involved. Just try to do your best in making sure that the integrity is there. And at the end of the day, you know, that's the biggest concern I have about the AZ audit. That's the biggest concern that Republicans have about elections. It's not about how can we defraud the voter. It's about how can we make the election as fair and and as integral as possible? How can we restore election integrity to make it as fair as possible? That's the track we're on. We're trying, we're not trying to suppress votes. Every time libtards come up with their nonsense that somehow voter ID suppresses a black voter, it's an insult to black people. There's a post over on Twitter just today says the Democrat Party is the biggest racist in history. Today's 
Democrat Party. It was more racist than the George Wallace's and Jefferson Davis's of the world who were Democrats years gone by. That same Democratic Party that fought tooth and nail to restore slavery in the 13th and 14th and 15th Amendments to deny black people to be treated as a whole person instead of three-fifths of a man. That was the Democrat Party fighting tooth and nail for that. The biggest racists in the history of America, perhaps the world, is the Democrat Party. And that's a sad commentary because they try to flip the script and say, no, it's you. It's the Republicans. You're racist. It's sort of like um, a two-year-old projecting what they're feeling, you know, or, or a second grader projecting what they're feeling. It's, it's sad. It's really, really uh, absolutely sad. So I want to play this clip about Brexit. Nigel Farage is giving this clip, and he's talking about where we came from. And I only bring it up because it's truly what we're fighting for. We're fighting for fair elections. And we're fighting to take our country back. And we can't lose sight from where this all started. And I just want to take a listen. um, Because this tour, uh, I was working with Nigel Farage and his team and... and, uh, C.L. Bryant, who are out in uh, Jackson Hole right now um, doing tours and giving interviews. And, you know, I was actually helping out as part of the technical, uh, some technical issues related to those issues. But I want to take a listen to Nigel Farage. I'm just such a big fan of Nigel. And so let's take a listen. Once we get rid of this... Um, Delay. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further without further delay, the one and only, the hero of the everyman, the father of Brexit, Nigel Farage. What a fantastic reception from association with the United States of America. I'm one of those people who commuted back and forth over the Atlantic for about 20 years. That's when I was in business, or as I like to say, when I had a proper job. (laughs) Because most politicians have never had a proper job, have they? They're just sort of careerists. In both the parties, too many of them are like that. But my political involvement with the USA began, I guess, on the 23rd of June, 2016. Because something that I believed in, something that I fought for, something that I campaigned for, for nearly 25 years, and for much of that time, it looked like I may become the patron saint of lost causes. <laughs> but I kept on going, I kept on fighting, because I believe in my heart that the best people to govern Britain were the British people themselves, not the bunch of bureaucrats. He goes on to say uh, this. Basically, that was the long clip. I wanted the short clip, but I didn't get the short clip. I got the long clip. The USA was the first Brexit. So 
Nigel Farage commended American patriots for leading the world during his American comeback tour in Phoenix. Now, there's also a clip from Donald Trump that's talking about certain things heading into 2022 and 2024 with a new interview that's not even out yet. Uh, it's been recorded, but it's with Chanel Rion, and we're going to be playing that here in a mi- minute as well. Um, today, we're going to be talking about election integrity and the AZ audit, and we're also going to be talking about um, the COVID origins and the lies, um, because the people selling us the vaccines right now are the people that lie to us about the Russian hoax. Uh, they're the people that lie to us about the Ukraine impeachment uh, scam. Uh, and it was directly after that that the COVID thing came out. And one of the things I kind of wanted to get out yesterday that I fell short on because of time was this gain of function that Rand Paul's been talking about. And I think it's absolutely important. And now Dr. Fauci is really in deep, deep water. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, the nickname for Fauci is Lee Harvey Fauci. You know, Lee Lee Harvey. Uh, because they think he's going to be the patsy. And I think he knows it. I think he sees his ship sinking. And he realizes that he overplayed his hand. He thought that he was going to have greener pastures under the Biden administration. But Biden's got his hands full with rigging all kinds of stuff in, in D.C. with executive orders. He, he can't fix all these problems. He's got to choose between things he can fix and things he can't. And right now there's a, there's a ton of pressure. And the other part about showing Nigel Farage speaking in Jackson Hall is, you know, Paul Preston had an event out in California with Sheriff Arpaio and, uh, um, and Sidney Powell. And they, you know, they had a really great event out there. And the, the and and buglecall.org uh and magapack.org we have our Zoom events but we're also going to be doing in in person events. Uh we have a gala uh in the fall or no in October. And so there's a lot of different things that we're going to be doing uh in in sharing events with other organizations as well. And so a lot of these Efforts are being made by real patriots, patriots that I know, patriots that I like and care about and respect. And uh, so anytime you can <clears throat> talk about those things, we got the, our Freedom Fest campaigns going around the country. Um, I think that the uh, grassroots Republican Party, not the GOP, not Ronan McDaniel, uh, not the rhinos, See, there's a, you know, it's like a civil war within the Republican Party. We don't want rhinos anymore. You know what we want? We want a thousand Trumps. We want a thousand of them. If I could put a Trump in every district and and I could, if I could fill every Senate seat with a Donald Trump, I would do that in a heartbeat. Because I've never seen a politician that was so transparent with their messaging and delivered on their promises 
as Donald Trump did and still is doing. You know, I was wondering, you know, how Donald Trump was going to uh, walk away from Washington knowing that he was ripped off and cheated and thrown out of the town by all the swamp creatures that he was there to destroy. And I realized that the battle, especially when his caravan went into my, uh, to Florida and there was a line of people down the road, you know, hun- thousands and thousands of people. And I said, that's a way to go out in style with your head up, your shoulders back, standing up straight and giving interviews and, you know, waiting and seeing how things play out. One of the things I think is playing out quite nicely is, you know, with his attempt to get back into the megaphone business, get back on the the platforms. And I love this clip by Ron DeSantis I want you to hear. And this is a clip uh, where you get this agitator asking Ron DeSantis after Ron DeSantis uh, signs a bill basically uh, um, he signs a bill, bill that uh, bans tech companies from banning you for no good reason. And the question was, did you do this bill for this tech bill, this big tech bill, did you do this for Donald Trump because he's now a Florida resident? So let's take a listen to this. This is really, really clever. Governor, hi. Uh, I want to ask you about the bill that you're signing here today. Um, uh, you're a loyal supporter of former President Donald Trump. Uh, first, uh, Donald Trump is now a resident in Florida, and he was deplatformed. Is this bill for him? The bill is for everyday Floridians, is what we said, um, and it would allow any Floridian to be able to um, to provide uh, what, what they're doing. So, um, But I think, I mean, I do think that's another issue that, that has been brought to bear. When you deplatform the President of the United States, but you let Ayatollah Khomeini talk about killing Jews, that is wrong. There's a standing ovation. Pan, the camera pans out. It's a standing ovation. You got to love that. That's exactly what's going on in America. Biden didn't get 81 million votes. You would never have this kind of power to the people. What Nigel Farage was talking about with Brexit was power to the people. What you have in London with Emir Khan, the mayor, the radical Islamic jihadi, that's running London is uh, is the exact opposite. You know, is about bigger government. Why is it that you know these radical Islamic jihadis and terrorists are liberal? Why is it that they are on the side of liberalism and socialism and Marxism? Why is it that the Democrats constantly support? Groups that fund and finance these jihadi groups. Iran. What's the what's the attraction to Iran? I can understand the attraction to the Iranian people. The I, the Iranian people are quite nice. 
I've met many, many Iranians. And I, I thought they were wonderful people. It's their government that's messed up. And when they start pounding their chest and saying, death to Israel, death to America, and yet, and they can tweet about it, and yet Jack Dorsey doesn't do anything to them, but they deplatform Donald Trump, you know, you got to ask the question, why is that? And it's an obvious answer, right? There can only be one answer. That socialists like liberal ideology and dictatorships over Donald Trump, who they call a fascist. Again, they're calling somebody a racist. They're the racist that's making that claim. They're calling someone a fascist. Usually that's like from Antifa, who by definition, what they're doing in the streets is fascism. Control, you know, segregating and controlling speech and silencing their opposition. That's all fascism. Centralized power is what fascism, fascism means. What Donald Trump was all about is federalism, giving, restoring power to the states, and by doing that, in essence, restoring power to the people because all politics are local. That's the concept. That's what the goal was. The goal was admirable. You know, you may have lost the battle, but you didn't lose the war. The war is still going on. I'm here to remind you that. You know, and they're they're having trouble right now with their, their overall agenda. The things that are going to cripple the Democrats the most are getting on top of election integrity and getting rid of those rigged machines and I believe that the AZ audit has the potential for doing that. Already, Katie Hobbs, the Secretary of State, has been deplatformed. She's no longer, not on social media, they would never do that. She's been basically reprimanded, censured, and now it's the Attorney General out there that is in control. I, I don't know much about the Attorney General right now, this moment, but I plan on looking into it. Um, I want to find out a little bit more about this person and whether, you know, what, what her pedigree is. But, um, but that's a, you know, that's a good because Katie Hobbs was, was definitely, um, a trouble, the secretary of state out in Arizona. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how this AZ audit goes. I'll be very interested to see how that goes. And, and then there's this COVID thing, these vaccines that are being pushed down our throat, being sold by the people, again, I'm going to say it again, being sold by the liars, the deceit, deceitful people, the Marxists, the socialists, the people that want to abolish ICE, the people that want to open your borders, the people that want to raise your taxes and they want to redistribute your wealth. They wanted to impeach President Trump over a perfectly good call. They wanted to manufacture a claim of Russian hoaxing, and they blamed it on Trump. They wasted probably $100 million in fake investigations. These, uh, you know, sad individuals that run the Democrat Party. You know, it's funny. 
I remember Eric Swalwell's name because he's the big farter, but I can't, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on the guy that was heading up the intelligence committee. And it, it you know, I, I could think of his name, I'm sure, right? But the idea is they're so irrelevant and unimportant. You remember their name while they were there, but you don't even remember these people because they're such losers. They'll be forgotten before you know it. But during the time that they were actually wreaking havoc and being given a green card, like a basically a red carpet treatment by the press, was at the same time. So we ha- we cannot trust the tr- the press. We cannot trust our government. We cannot trust the DOJ, the one that's been killing off Jeffrey Epstein and hiding uh, Durham. Where's Durham? You know, all of these things that would come out great for Republicans. You know, they talk about insurrection, but yet they want to hide all the video. All the Republican congressmen are, are basically yelling and screaming, Show us the video. Stop putting patriots in solitary confinement because they showed up at an event. Stop breaking down their doors and wasting their time with endless investigations. If they ever did that for Black Lives Matter and Antifa, those groups would have raised hardly any, any funding for Act Blue, which financed the Democrat Party. I should say the Democrat Party's election fraud wing because they didn't waste any money. They didn't spend any money on rallies. They didn't need to. The election was going to already be fixed. They were just going to try to mitigate how much, how far Trump could go. They didn't realize Trump could go to $75 million. But they had the algorithm for it. Perhaps if Trump got to 80 million, they couldn't have beat that. So they probably cut that out. They deleted it. Speaking of mitigation, the FDA has just approved an antibody treatment for people that get COVID. So I say to you, I say to you about this. If they just let mitigation and efficacy, you know, therapeutics, uh, you know, mitigate the COVID virus. And as the efficacy ratios increase to near, near 100%, that if you're young and you get COVID and they have the treatment that was given to President Trump and they have the treatment that was given to Chris Christie, and the treatment that was given to Rudy Giuliani and and everybody else, these are older people. Some of them are not in great shape physically. Some of them have pre-existing conditions, and yet still they beat COVID with that treatment. Now you got this new FDA-approved antibody drug. Why do you need the vaccine? If you have 100% mitigation, or a therapeutics that mitigate the virus and prevent death. If it's a highly treatable virus, 
then why worry about the vaccine? Why the vaccine? And can you mandate a vaccine that doesn't even have the virus in it? See, vaccines always have the virus inside it. They're giving you a dose of the virus in a controlled way to beat the virus, to create immunity. But this vaccine doesn't have that. It has the fetus's uh, fetus uh, parts. It has all kinds of things that may violate certain religions. But it doesn't have that signature ingredient that makes it a vaccine. So they can, can they really force you to take that vaccine? And like I was saying earlier, when I go into a place and they say, if you, if you don't show your vaccine passport, you have to wear a mask. Is that a violation of my HIPAA privacy? Because that would out me. That would say, you're wearing a mask, therefore you didn't take the vaccine. Therefore, we could deduct that maybe you like Donald Trump and that we should clobber you over the head with a baseball bat, which has been done before with people that like Trump. Or you might just lose your job. So you're the only couple of people still in the office working every day in the office with a mask on. Oh, there's a couple of holdouts. They must be Trump supporters. Let's fire them. You know, it's that kind of thing. We have a right to privacy. It's in our Fourth Amendment. We have a right to security. We have a right to privacy. You can't search and seizure my property without good cause and a warrant. Turns out these days, warrants are given out for just about anything. The justice system has broken down. And that's a scary, scary proposition. We have two standards of justice. Just look at Hillary. She's not in jail. Just look at Trump. You know, he's been, uh, you got this AG from New York still going after him. Like they, they are so afraid of what Trump brings to the table. They can never, ever. And for that reason, they can never get another dose of Trump. And for that reason, for that reason alone, Trump has my vote because I want the person that the deep state fears the most. And they've already revealed their hand. They fear Trump the most. They tried to play Trump off as a joke. That was a fake, fake uh, bluff. Like in car playing, a bluff. Oh, I don't have a great hand. Guy's loaded, right? (laughs) I wish I had a better hand. And, you know... They take you to the cleaners. It's the same thing. You know, they're basically saying exactly the opposite of what they're thinking. You're a racist. No, I'm a racist is what they should be saying. So it's a lot of these things. So Chanel Rion really laid it out and made it very clear that she had the goods. I mean, basically, Michelle Chanel Rion uh, was was all over Twitter saying in March of 2020, she was basically saying that this all came from Wuhan. 
And now the left-wing media is trying to blame Trump for misinformation that caused uh, the environment to be politicized, and so therefore people were rejecting that notion. Uh, It's absolutely absurd that they can come up with the claims that they do. Let's listen to Michelle Chanel Rion talking about this upcoming interview that we're going to hear probably on Friday, Um, but it could very well be over the weekend. Let's just see um, what she has to say. She's talking about the interview, what it was based around. And what I like about this interview is it kind of cuts a little deeper into uh, the election fraud and what Trump's thoughts are related to that subject. So uh, I want to take a listen to this. Hi, Natalie. Good to be with you. The themes, we talked about a range of things, of course, with President Trump. I mean, we talked about big tech. We talked about immigration. We talked about the Biden administration, 2022 and 2024. But here is a theme that really stood out to me in throughout our sit-down conversation. And, and the theme was, Natalie, how there's a collusion going on now between three very powerful entities, big tech, uh, media and the Biden administration and how they're all working together to cover up giant, gigantic stories that are right, that are happening right before our eyes, unfolding right before our eyes. And, and it's not just Democrats that these three are being helped by. Republicans are in on it too, according to President Trump and, and what he was talking about. He says, uh, he, the Republicans are in on it if only through their complacency and their weakness in the face of such a dastardly collusion between these three entities. Listen to this soundbite. Questions I get, well, will the same thing happen again in 22 and 24? And if we can't convince people that that won't happen again, or if we don't get right down to the bottom of it and change it, those people aren't going to be there to vote. What so are the, your Republicans, me- what's your the Republicans are going to have to do something, whether it's Mitch McConnell or Kevin McCarthy or the leadership locally, they have to do something. Uh, there was a, uh, an expression that I've heard that you've heard for many years, the vote counter is far more important than the politician or the person running for office. And that was the case in this instance for the presidential election. Very sad that this could happen. It was a third world election. Well, it looks like a lot of that may well be uncovered very shortly. It's being uncovered now. Hopefully we'd see that. And it'd be nice if the papers would report it, but they don't want to do that. It's unbelievable to hear that, Chanel. I want to ask you about this collusion that we're all been seeing, really, since, as he said, since November to January, where a lot of Republicans did stand down, and now they're pivoting. Oh, they suddenly care about all the issues because, let's face it, it's campaign season. But we're seeing the Democrats really reshape the country, and everybody's trying to unify around that. So talk to us about how that's happening and what President Trump's response is to that. President Trump has this immediacy, this ur- the sense of urgency that if we do not right the course, if we don't correct our course or right the ship, 
even before 2022, this country is lost. And it was very interesting to hear him talk about that urgency. He's watching very closely the work that our colleague Christina Bob is doing down there in Arizona with regards to tracking the audit, the election audit that's taking place in Maricopa County. He's watching that very closely because he feels that unless we correct course now, we are lost in 2022 and 2024. And by we, I'm talking about, this is in his words, he says that the Republican Party is no more. It, the, fu- it, the future of the Republican Party is a moot conversation if they do not address such glaring issues as election integrity or what happened in 2020. So he was watching, he is watching our network specifically. We are one of the few networks that cover the, the corruption that happened in 2020 and are especially the work of Christina Bob down there. But he also complimented your show, Natalie. He says he's an avid viewer. So I wanted to Make sure I plugged that. He said that you're doing tremendous work out there. But the very few outlets are actually covering some of these items that uh, that, that President Trump listed as dire collusion topics, that if we don't talk about them now, then the United States and the future of the United States is lost to a very radical agenda that can harm us for uh, who knows how long. It's frightening to see the amount of fear, how fear can influence people. Where, as we saw between November to January, Republicans, they were afraid to stand up. But we're seeing a lot of courage now, even amidst this deep state. And I know you talked to President Trump about that Space Force employee who actually was brave enough to speak out against the system. So we still have those profiles of courage. Can you talk to us about that one individual in particular? Yes, I did ask him about that Space Force commander that was fired recently for speaking out against uh, what what would be considered America's enemies. And President Trump was not surprised. Take a listen to this. A Space Force commander named Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer was recently fired for speaking out against Marxism in the U.S. military. What does this say about Biden's national defense focus? And then are we are we now firing officers who are speaking out against America's enemies? Well, they've actually said that. The uh, Secretary of Defense actually said he wants to root out all sorts of people from the military. I mean, people nobody ever thought in terms of this. And in some cases, some great people are being hurt very badly. Their lives are being destroyed. This is a whole different thing that this country has never seen before. And our people better get smart. And our weak Republican leadership better do something about it, or they're not going to have a job, but it's going to be much worse. That's the least of the problems. they got to, they got to get tough, and they better do it soon. You know, I, I'm watching the negotiation, which is a one-way negotiation in Congress. Mm-hmm. They get whatever they want approved. McConnell is hopeless, and he can't stop anything. Wow, that is so true. It's like McConnell, oh my goodness, these establishment Republicans, even Kevin McCarthy last week saying no one is questioning the election results of 2020. 51% of Republicans or 51% actually of all voters say that there was fraud that impacted the outcome. So what is it about these establishment Republicans? They're starting to come on board. They got rid of Liz Cheney out of leadership. Do you think we're going to start seeing that pro-Trump Republican base 
come out and we're going to retire these never Trumpers or the people that are just wishy washy finally get on board with us? Well, Natalie, I asked the president about the future of the GOP, and that that did constitute a good portion of our interview and our chat. And he keeps going back to the central theme of, yes, we're, we're getting back on track in terms of his his followers are supporting America first candidates across the country. And that was a hopeful sign going into 2022 and 2024. But what what is very concerning to President Trump is the fact that even with Kevin McCarthy sometimes paying lip service to supporting the America first movement and then backtracking on topics like election integrity, that's something that he just views as as one of the problems, the root problems that have to be exposed or called out and corrected now. If it's not corrected now, then it's not going to be corrected in the future. And the, the optimism, though, in President Trump's interview was about the kind of enthusiasm that is still out there for America first. There's a lot of a lot of Americans who still would like to see in-person rallies. We talked about this also in the interview. We talked about when the president would start doing in-person rallies across the country. There's been a lot of calls for that. Uh, he's very encouraged by the fact that there is not uh, there isn't lost momentum when it comes to those who are wanting to fight for the America First movement, even though they were trampled down in the last few months by the current administration. So there's optimism still. There is concern that individuals like McConnell and McCarthy might backpedal or pay lip service. So there's there's some doubt about their sincerity. But on the whole, I think President Trump is very confident that his base, his voters, his America First supporters are going to win in, at the end of the day because their voices together will be louder than that of the individuals who are leading the party now. All right. So there it is. Um, you know, what that says to me is we're on the right track with MAGAPAC org and buglecall.org and what we need is funding you know we need donations so if you can um uh go over to buglecall.org check out our board and do your due diligence check us out and what you'll find is we are uh we've we've applied for our 51c3 we're actually awaiting uh a response from the IRS uh, you know, we we filled out the form, we paid our registration fees, uh, and did all the due diligence that we needed to do. And it generally takes about 180 days, and we filed that sometime in March. So, um, so basically, we're going to be tax deductible as a nonprofit. The subsidiary to Bugle Call is MAGAPAC.org. MAGAPAC resonates with our movement, Make America Great Again, Political Action Coalition. It's not a political action committee. It's a political action coalition. And it's a subsidiary that kind of reaches out to the grassroots of what Bugle Call is all about. But uh, when we filed, we filed with Bugle Call because we didn't want to get censored and flagged by the the people that are uh, approving. And MAGAPAC might have done that. So they are both. One is a... uh, one is an entity, a nonprofit corporation, that's Bugle Call, and a sub a sub entity uh, officially is MAGAPAC.
and it's official. It's written up in the IRS. So the one we filed, though, is Bugle Call. In any case, if you make a donation, people like me, I'm uh, the executive director and chairman of the board, but we have seven board members, including Paul Preston, Larry Fries, uh, Brent Hamachek, uh, C.L. Bryant, Charles Butler, Leonardo Cavoda, and myself. None of the money that gets donated gets spent. You know, it's not something that one person controls. It's everybody uh, takes a vote on expenditures. And one of the things we're going to be doing is putting out some ads that promote America first, America first values, uh, stronger, uh, you know, border secure. It's all written up in the front page, but border security, um, you know, strong foreign policy, religious uh, freedom, uh, election integrity, uh, basically equal justice. And what, what Chanel Rion was talking about and what Donald Trump was talking about is exactly what we're talking about. People ask me, I was just in a conversation yesterday, and they said, all right, you got all these ideas. What do we have to do first? And I said, what we have to do first is we have to instore election integrity because we have the numbers. Trump, got, Trump won the election in a landslide. He didn't lose. The election was rigged. So what we have to do is we have to fix the election integrity problem. The election integrity problem is what we have to fix. I think that we have to, all eyes have to be on Arizona right now. It's the, it's the, it's the one thing we got. It's the one thing we got, man. I mean, I'm telling you, it's, uh, it's an opportunity because these, these manual recounts are rare. But guess what? In Georgia, Raffensperger has agreed to a forensic audit all of a sudden. And I'm telling you, some things are happening. Raffensperger, the Secretary of State in Georgia, Kemp's not much about anything, but that's a promising note. And they're still fighting a good fight in Michigan, in Amphil County. Not Amphil, it's something like that. And in Wisconsin, they're not doing enough. In PA, there's some activity. And what it is, is what happens in Arizona, some of the blueprints and some of the cheats, you're going to see them. And and if you start to see the same uh, ratios in multiple states, that's going to be ironclad proof that the election was a fraud and that the winner was Donald Trump and that the loser was Joe Biden in a landslide. And if we were to prove that, then I would actually then say Donald Trump takes his rightful place as the winner of that election, takes the seat in the Oval Office, Biden goes to jail, hopefully, and is disqualified and then Trump gets to run for a re-election. And he would, he would be the uh, first president in a long time to 
enjoy a third term. I've always said this, too, that I think that Trump was cheated out of his first term. But, you know, it's not a surprise. They were trying to slow Trump's impact against their agenda down as much as they could with lawsuit after lawsuit. But they had Nancy Pelosi, the wicked witch of the West. And they had Chuck Schumer, the biggest con man in Brooklyn. And together, they were just a bunch of swine swap creatures, which is basically pigs and alligators. And I'm telling snakes, I should say, right? But, you know, the point is, is that they were fighting a fight with brass knuckles, violating all kinds of laws. But the Department of Justice and the National Security Council and the uh, ambassadors, they're all liberals. The folks that work at the IRS, remember Lois Lerner targeting T-groups? They're everywhere. I think one of the things you have to do is you have to decentralize Washington, D.C. and disperse it. Get it to get it to be, you know, the Department of Agriculture should be in Iowa, you know. And, and the, the Department of Treasury could be somewhere else. I mean, pick another place. But all this concentration in Washington Beltway is is a, a cesspool of corruption. Quid pro quo, pay to play, you name it. And we have to put a stop to that. But we're doing good stuff with Bugle Call and Magapack, but we need your support, you know? And again, I don't see a dime of that. What I'm saying is this is not run out of a, you know, like just one person. It's actually, you know, we assembled a board for a good reason because of the integral part of it. We want integrity and we want to make a difference. And what we are promoting is America first policies to make America great again. That's what we're all about. And that's what we've been about on this show, this commercial free show uh, for the last five years, you know, or seven years or whatever it's been. Um, but, yeah, for a long time, we've been fighting this good fight, and we'll continue to do so. And with that, you know, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Be sure to check out Scott Adams' show for the podcast and Red State Talk Radio. And uh, with that, my name is Scott Adams. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>